welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about law enforcement issues and the news, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce our crew to you uh, this evening. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, um, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaler, and also um, a new addition to the show, yes, Freshly out of retirement, we have Lieutenant Bob Kroll all the way from Minneapolis. So uh, retired Lieutenant, Minneapolis PD. Now, unless I'm wrong, Lieutenant, I believe it was 32 years with Minneapolis and 25 years with the union. You served as a union president when you left and you retired uh, in January of last year. So it's been about a year and a half. So uh, um, w- welcome uh, welcome back, Lieutenant. And, Thank uh, you, welcome- that's all correct, Jim. All right, excellent. So I, 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 I did my. I still have a little bit of detective in, in me. So uh, we have uh, Captain. I see you, Captain Brett Bartlett, my former partner. Thank God. Now you're shaking your head, no. So we got Captain Brett Bartlett on the show. Uh, Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andrew Casal, Producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. Uh, also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, MyMedicare.Live, GunLearn.com, Tac-Tote.com, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping make the show happen. So let's see, we are on uh, Minneapolis. So Police One has got an article and it's titled Minneapolis Mayor's Working Group Rolls Out Proposals to Reform the Police Department. Now, I'm, I'm not going to you know, talk about everything that's in here, but the highlights are that on Monday, leaders of a citizen-led public safety committee created by Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey, um, uh, good friends with Lieutenant Kroll. No, not exactly. Um, but uh, called on elected officials to bring the police department into a new era by overhauling how the city recruits, trains, and holds uh, accountable its officers. So the Community Safety Work Group urged city leaders to hire an Indianapolis-based law enforcement company. I, I kind of like to get the scoop on what this who this company is, but they wanted them to rewrite the training curriculum. So they're going to be sending some money their way. The system of disciplining officers who break the rules is also, according to this article, woefully inadequate and in need of large scale change. And that's according to uh, Nikima Levy Armstrong, who's a civil rights attorney and activist who is co-chair of the work group. Um, The proposed reforms include creating a new community safety liaison to help oversee the police, expanding the city's mental health and response programs and giving more money to violence interrupters and outreach workers helping to fight rising gun crime. So Frey, the mayor, announced the creation of a work group last December, and the 22-member group includes activists, clergy, business leaders, and a former police officer. And so Levy Armstrong has long been a vocal critic of police and some elected officials in Minneapolis. So the list of uh, proposals comes two months after the Minnesota Department of Human Rights charged the city with a pattern of racially biased policing in violation of the law. The two-year investigation found in the past, city leaders had made changes to policy, such as banning the warrior-style training. Remember that when that happened, uh, but they were not effectively implemented. Um, so that's what we have in the article. Um, curious what you guys think. Lieutenant, why don't you start us off on this one? We have about four minutes before our next break. So many different things rolled into one here. It's kind of where to start. First side note in Nakima, she's one of the three remaining lawsuits I have against me. She's she she's one that's still suing me for she got uh, took in chemical munitions at the riots. And I was responsible for that apparently as a union president. But um, there, the, the biggest thing about this whole thing is the city's always had the, the um, ability to change the discipline matrix, the discipline policy without negotiating with the Federation. And they would have you think that the Federation stood in the way. That's, that's a huge thing. They've always been able to change it. And now they keep talking about changing it. Um, 
it's a, when you read through this uh, article, it's a bunch of empty rhetoric. There's really no accountability. Who's in charge? What's the payroll? What's the pay structure? What are the duties and responsibilities of those on this? And it's it's empty rhetoric at the end of the day. There's really nothing articulated or there's no plan going forward. And this kind of thing has came and gone throughout my years on the department and the federation board. And there's been never substantive changes at all. Now, Lieutenant, when you say the federation board, are you talking about the union? Yes. Okay. So the police yeah. union and and also, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I I since you, when you said it, a light bulb went off in my head. I remember reading that when you started getting um, some of these lawsuits. Didn't City Council vote to not have you represented by the department? Um, Correct. I was not police? not indemnified on any of them. That just that just yeah. There were six crazy, crazy hearing that. Yes, um, Corporal. Yeah, lucky lucky you, Bob. Um, you know, in reading through the more of the article, you, you can see exactly what, what Bob was talking about, the empty rhetoric. Um, you know, you have another person involved in this. Uh, Lisa Clemens, don't know who she is, founder and director of a, an organization up there, ex-police she, officer. She's a former police sergeant. Right. Um, she was medical many years ago. But, she, you know, she says she's looking through the proposal herself, so there's nothing in here that does anything. Right. She said, and, and, he, and the mayor comes back and says, oh, well, we're going we're gonna to deal with the, with, the, with the community violence and, and crime because we're gonna we're gonna include a neighborhood safety office. That'll that'll curb the violence and the and the crime in, in your neighborhood. Um, uh, better recruitment and a, a neighborhood safety office. Yay! The, it, good one, luck. One thing the violence interrupters also they are they're basically local thugs that are friends of the of of our thirteen member city council board in Minneapolis and many of our friends and associates there. And they're funneling them money, basically paying former gangbangers to talk the gangs out of shooting each other is what their violence interrupted program amounts to. You know, we had one from uh, Chicago on our show, what, uh, a month or two ago. Remember, guys? Uh, uh, T.O., I think. So, uh, um, yeah, that that is crazy. Hey, Lieutenant, is there anything that you're aware of or that you can say as far as where this money, I mean, the, uh, you know, they, they've got the money earmarked to go to these groups and stuff. Is there a story behind any of these groups? It's, or connections? it's out of the police budget. Yes. Yes. They've, they've shaved 6 million here, 8 million there over the years. So instead of having cops, uh, it's, it's going to these types of pro feel, you know, it's feel good rhetoric for the community and nothing good is going to come from it. But I, I guess what I'm wondering is, if, is there any hidden relationships here where the money's going, like friend of a friend, taking care of uh, groups or relatives? or That's what hopefully we get some investigative reporting on that. I've, I've reached out to some people to kind of. Excellent. I, I have a sneaky suspicion there's a lot more to the story that we right. don't know and haven't covered yet. So, uh, so I, you know, Brett, we've got about uh, 15 seconds before the commercial break. Um, go ahead. And if you can't get it all out, we'll come back. Well, I'd love to talk to Lieutenant Cole when he comes back about some of the things that were going on in, in, in his city. It just fascinates me, but I'll wait. <laughs> okay. Oh, look, guys, time for another break. We will be right back. So let's talk about industry leader and in technology solutions for law enforcement. It's Guardian Alliance Technologies. Their software will cut background investigators' time in half. 
Now, we all know there's a call for more accountability in hiring and selecting who gets to wear the badge. And with Guardian, uh, they've developed a CGIS-compliant background investigative software platform that helps weed out problematic applicants in record time. With Guardian, the entire background check process is more comprehensive, but it's also much faster for both the agency and the applicants. There's no upfront fees or long-term commitments, so I strongly recommend that you visit them today at guardianalliancetechnologies.com. Also, MyMedicare.Live, look around the panel. Yes, we're all getting close to the Medicare age. And in Hillsborough County, where I'm at in Florida, there's over 80 options alone. So these benefits, they can change annually. So how do you know you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? And the answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area in Florida. Contact James or Bobby. Uh, they can meet with you in person or save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get you more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, area code 813-245-6656 or MyMedicare.Live. Well, welcome back to the Legal Roundtable Show. I, I know, Captain, I think MyMedicare.Live just hooked your uh, your wife up, actually. So uh, I know that uh, you're... Yep. you're Good people. Well, go ahead, Captain. Yeah, James Campbell spent a lot of time with it. Well, listen, Bob, you were in the, you're in the eye of the hurricane. You've been there for a couple of years. Has there been any discussion when you were the department when these people wanted the police out? Did you ever think or talk about taking a test you a test area and just taking all the cops out, just taking them out, even an informal conversation, just take all the cops out, put up barricades, and and let them fend for themselves? Because it must be frustrating to hear that crap over and over again. But let's do that experiment. Let's take them out, especially that one big mouth whose dad was the uh, state attorney general. I can't think of his name. How about this, council person? In your area, we're going to remove all the cops. We're going to give you exactly what you want. Good luck. Was there ever any just talk of that at all? I don't think we even thought of that. That's a great idea. But, you know, too often the talk came from people in the burbs, in protected communities, and it was your... It was your white feel good, uh, uh, white guilt liberals with a cause. You know that's what we were running into. That was that was the mouthpiece for this. And when you get down to the areas that oh you're you know you're you're oppressing the blacks, we found and our officers found it over and over that the black community that lives in Minneapolis had great support for the police. They wanted more of them because it was their neighborhoods that were being affected by high crime. And they, the people from the outside trying to solve their problems that had the mic, that was the problem. So, so once again, it's rich white people tr- trying to put the black people under their little, their little umbrella of care. Didn't we try this a couple right. hundred years ago? It didn't work out so well. I'm just thinking. Yeah. Well, and you were thinking of Ellison. Keith Ellison is our attorney general. His son, Jeremiah, is a council member. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're both using up air that an egg sucking dog could be breathing. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> well, you know, I was having flashbacks thinking about the autonomous zone in Seattle, you know, but of course that came about through different means. It wasn't something, uh, you know, uh, the police got kicked out basically. So, well, and, and sadly, they, they've defunded without actually doing it that way i mean the department went from virtually 900 down to about 650 right now and then the irony is we had a black chief of police that asked for you know when we were at 900 he asked the mayor and council for 400 more over a five-year period and instead we're at half of what he wanted so i I was not aware of that lieutenant so you're saying at full at at i guess at, at full staffing you guys are around what a 900 man police department right yes and that's not far, you know, Tampa, where, you know, some of us work, you know, is a thousand man agency, basically. So I could not imagine 
operating the agency at, at, at 600 and change. That's just crazy. And yeah. You can imagine what goes on too. There, the proactive police work is dead. And that's where we're having wow. such, we've got 44, 45 homicides already. And our record year was last year tied with 1995 of 97. We've never broke a hundred, but having 45 at this point of the, of the year, we could get there. And um, there's no proactive policing done. You, they, they don't do anything because you figure you're, all they do is have the ability to keep up with the call load. Wow. Well, uh, well, Brett, I know, I don't know if you wanted to add in, I know your mic was open at one second, uh, a second ago, Ward, but uh, why don't you guys close us out on this and we'll move on to the next one, but go ahead. Well, Chip, uh, this is what back when I was still working. If we got to the point where we were 10 down, we'd go into an overhire. We'd get permission to spend more money to overhire past our, our roster, knowing that attrition was coming. So we were never more than just a handful of people ever down. And I remember if they get 10 or 15 down, it was it was starting, I don't want to say panic, but it was getting concerned. We need to hire these people. Let's get them in the hopper ready to go. So when these 10 guys retire, we can backfill them. And we're not going to we're not going to miss a step. Right. I, I, I get it. Uh, Ward, did you have anything you wanted to add before we uh, move on? Uh, I have a question for Bob. I wanted his input on something about the thumbing down of the psychological testing and the hiring of Muhammad Noor. But. If we're doing a story about Noor, maybe it could wait till then. Yep, we got that. We got that coming up in the in the uh, actually the uh, next update, I believe. So, all right, guys, um, good good commentary. Let's see our next one here. We've got actually a couple of videos coming up. I've got um, a little less than six minutes before our next break. So this first one, it's on, uh, this is Butter. And of course, they're on Rumble now instead of uh, YouTube if you're looking for the channel. And we highly uh, recommend that you support them. Uh, so uh, Boise police release body cam after suspect rams patrol vehicle. We have a man that was given a 25-year sentence after officials say that he rammed a patrol car. Uh, and David, I think this is the one that you wanted me to uh, to add that we weren't able to get to last time. So the man is 26-year-old Ezra Smith, arrested in July of 2021. Uh, Smith was reportedly driving a stolen van recklessly when police tried to arrest him. And then he allegedly, <laughs> there's a lot of allegedly's in here. It makes Ward happy, but we have video of the show that actually happened. But this guy allegedly rams an occupied Boise police patrol car multiple times. So after an officer-involved shooting happened, Smith, our bad guy, was arrested for aggravated battery in a law enforcement. Enforcement, uh, officer as well as grand theft eluding cops petty theft and uh yeah i was just wondering how all the bullets that went through the front passenger window missed this guy he may have got shot in the arm but i mean i, I just couldn't believe it smith was on parole at the time he was sentenced to 25 years in federal prison with 10 years fixed before he's eligible for for uh, parole it says that um 
Also on uh, Tuesday, uh, Boise police said that Valley County Prosecutor Brian Noggle determined that the officers who fired their guns uh, were uh, reasonable and the use of deadly force was justifiable. So that's what we have. Uh, comments on that video, guys. David? Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> of, all the, of all the videos that we've ever watched um, where you have heard me repeatedly stomp my feet and grind my molars about cops not using their patrol vehicles effectively in these situations. This guy, this cop in this patrol SUV was awesome. I mean, you have a full size, like a step fan kind of a thing, a U-Haul that is made to work, is fleeing from these cops. They chase him down, they get him cornered in this neighborhood, and he starts to ram police cars. And this cop goes, yeah, not here, brother. And he puts it nose to nose with this thing. And I mean, he does not let off. He stays in it. He forces this guy off the road into a driveway, is pinning him um, where he cannot move. And I mean, did a fantastic job. I wish one of the other cops had jumped into their SUV and got into it as well with two, two vehicles and really done some, done some work on the guy. But this one cop did a fantastic job. Watch the video. This is what I'm talking about. Use the tools at your hand. Use the tools that you have. Don't back off. Put it into it. And he had this guy pinned. He couldn't keep him forever, and the guy kept trying to get out of it, and that's when the shooting occurred because they knew he was going to get away again. He was going to get out of where this guy had him pinned. He had already rammed several cars. He showed what his intent was, and they fired on him. Ended it. As far as I was concerned, the guy in the, in the, the police SUV just did a fantastic job. That's why I wanted to talk about this, this video. It, it was very well done. I don't see that excited often, David. So I'm just, I'm just, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, hopefully this cop gets the, uh, you know, watches the show or someone tells him that we're talking about him because, uh, you know, uh, good performances like that, they need to, you know, he needs to get rewarded for it. Uh, Ward. Um, first of all, why is he going to federal prison? This was a state prosecution. That's my first question. Second of all, I, I'm not convinced this was a, a justifiable shooting. Um, all the cops talk about the guy being pinned in. One cop says, if he moves, uh, I'm going, meaning I guess he means he's going to shoot. There was no comment about anyone being in imminent uh, danger from bodily harm or death. Um, I agree with David. They did a great job of pinning him in, but he was pinned in. It seemed like everyone was worried about escape. And I don't know if escape here was a, uh, a legitimate reason for shooting him. Any, uh, any comments, uh, Dave? You know, I... You think the same thing. I know they had, um, they showed a an aerial view of the vehicles after the shooting because once the guy was once they put rounds on him, he he rolled out of the vehicle and gave up. Um, but they the the agency their contention was that he was he was slowly working himself out of the pin. Um, the vehicle was too big to hold with one police vehicle. If they'd had two or three on him, maybe, but. They were concerned that he was going to get out, that he had out of the pen. He, was, he had already showed his propensity to, to attempt to uh, kill police officers by directly ramming their vehicles, hitting their driver's doors and, and the like. And so at that point, it's, it's in, in my opinion, it, it becomes a continuing threat to the community and to other officers. To, and that it, and in that, that point, it needed to be stopped. It needed to be stopped right now before anybody had the opportunity or the chance to get hurt. So that's my take on it. Good shoot, good use of police vehicle. Uh, that's the way I, I, I play that one. 
Thanks. Now we got about 40 seconds left. Uh, Andrea, who's wearing her brand new bang hat. Love it. And, uh, and Captain Brett, go ahead guys. Go ahead, Brett. Wow. Well, I, I think, I think this, if, if, if the officers are out of their cars approaching that, that van, there must've been a sense that he was pinned in. Because if there was a sense that he was going to try to get out, why did they get out and approach him? They should have stayed away. They should have used the other vehicles. All right. Thanks, Captain. Hold that thought, guys. The commercial break will be right back. Now, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and only company to offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our Captain Brett Bartlett here. So they provide citation from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy. And their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leos need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start today with online training or register to attend a live seminar. You can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. We are on the last 10 minutes of the first half of the show. So when we get to the end of the 10 minutes, whatever we're talking about, we'll wrap up and we'll start off with a new topic um, after the uh, first half. But I know that we've got uh, Andrea up next, unless uh, Brett has some other comments later on. But go ahead, Andrea. Um, I was just going to agree with Dave. I think that he already showed that he would ram the police cars. You know, you could tell, and it was kind of hard to tell at the end of the video, you know, when he's, it looks like the vehicle's moving forward again, like he's possibly revving the engine. If any one of those cars, you know, move, if there's any any sort of room for error, who knows what's going to happen? Somebody might get run over. He's already shown he's not worried about, you know, any officers that were on scene. You could sit there, and I actually felt really badly for the dog because he was just whining the whole time. But um, but I, I think I think it shows the behavior that he's willing to, you know, he's he's not stopping. You know, you're you're ramming patrol cars, and there's a few there. So I think that you have you're justified. Um, I do feel like you know. I wasn't really sure what was going to happen once I started firing, you know, it, it stopped. I mean, the behavior stopped. It worked. You know, and, and to, to, to respond to Brett and, and I get what he's talking about, about approaching that vehicle in a dangerous situation, but we've talked about it before and he's made the comment about attacking forward. Um, and you start looking at a scenario like that, where the guy, the person, the bad guy obviously has intent to, to, to continue. And it, it's, it, it reminded me of the video that we watched about the guys in the parking lot of the police station. And I think it was somewhere in North Carolina in Raleigh, he was making little Molotov cocktails and setting cars on fire. And those guys could have, at what point in that scenario do you say, we got to go? It's going to be dangerous. Somebody could get burned. Somebody could get hurt. But we've got to stop this guy right now before what? before he does what? So at some point in time, I think in police work, it's dangerous at times. You've got to say, we're going forward. We're going in, we're dealing with this situation, we're stopping it now before what may happen. Andrea's point, but that's what it reminded me of when we watched that video, the guys with the Molotov cocktails. You're looking at this and the thought was, let him stand there and light himself on fire, who cares? But at some point in time, you've got to stop it. 
All right. Thanks, Corporal. Thanks, guys, uh, for being on the show. Lieutenant Bob Kroll, I hope you had a, a good, you did excellent. I hope you had a, a good time and uh, looking forward to having you back. Um, Thank you for having me. I did have a great time. A, a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, Gunlearn.com, MyMedicare.live, TAC-TOTE.com, and also being fueled by Bang Energy. Uh, look, thanks to all those entities. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.